That's a good one, isn't it? That song we just sang. It seems like it's one of our favorites here. It's not hard to sing, but it resonates, right? There's a river flowing in my soul. Most of the time when I think about it or we're singing it, I imagine that river as something intangible, as a metaphor for the spirit moving in us and through us and around us and in our world. Or I think of it as a feeling or a presence that we catch glimpses of from time to time. But today I'm thinking of a real and specific river that is always flowing in my soul and always taking up some space in my heart and in my mind. It's the Yellowstone River, one of the few rivers in this country that flows north. And it flows north out of Yellowstone Lake and north through Yellowstone National Park. And then it gradually turns a little bit east as it flows into Montana. And more specifically, I'm thinking of a section of that river where it flows through the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone and then what's called the Black Canyon. All of this there in the park. Because if I'm lucky, I will be standing in that river tomorrow afternoon or evening, God willing, and if the airplane does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> I love that wild river, especially down in the canyon, where it's several miles from any road, and it's a pretty good hike getting out of there at the end of the day, where you can sometimes spend a whole day down there without crossing paths, at least on your side of the river, with any other angler. And it's such a big river, there's no way to get across it, even in the lowest water of the summer. And this, out in that national park, in the summertime, that's saying something. Because up around the roads, there are a lot of people up there. And I love it, the whole thing about going out there, it's kind of like a pilgrimage for me. One of the guidebooks I have for fishing in Yellowstone puts it this way, it says, fishing in Yellowstone is like fishing in a church. I love that. But I haven't been to that church for five years now. Between several years of COVID and then a couple of years ago when there were wildfires and such hot weather that the rivers became, it, it was unsafe for the trout for people to fish for them. So they started shutting down the fishing around midday. And then last summer, the pendulum swung completely the other way, huge snowpack and heavy rains in May and June. So there was this epic flooding that wiped out bridges and roads and some people's homes caused the whole park to shut down for a certain amount of time. It was just devastating. And I started to wonder if I was ever going to get back there. And I've always wanted to, since I discovered it, I don't know, 15, 20, 15 years ago, 20 years ago maybe. And so when I couldn't go, I wondered, why there? 
what's so special about that place? My wife Tracy would say, there's so many other places you could go. Why don't you find some place around here to fish? And I do, but it's not the same. There is something about hiking through that landscape and fishing in that river and some of the other ones out there too that feels, feeds my soul in such deep and sustaining ways. And I wonder why. But that particular river, it lives in my imagination in ways that I can't fully explain. If you want to see it afterwards, I can show you. I have a picture of it on the lock screen of my phone. And if you saw the morning email today, that's a picture that I took there a few years ago of it bending through a run that holds some very big trout that I have seen and never caught. And I look at those pictures sometimes and I think about the times and the experiences I've had down there in that canyon and I can feel it tugging at my heart. Like the song our choir sang yesterday, calling to me. Like we sang at that memorial service yesterday for Sally. Come and find me. Come and find me. So believe it or not, my simple message for you today is not about fishing. Well, not completely anyway. No, what I want to offer you is the encouragement to find, if you haven't already, a place in the world that calls to you, that nourishes and sustains you, that feeds your soul, that makes your heart sing. Maybe this reflection will help to remind you of some place that does that for you that you haven't experienced or been to for a while that you need to get back to. And of course, it could be close to home. And maybe that's even better if you can find that close to home. It could be your backyard or a garden you've cultivated. It could be a forest or a park nearby, a lake. Haverhill has some lovely bodies of water in it. I don't think there's any trout, but it doesn't have to be far away or dramatic. And I'm thinking the soul maybe even prefers that. I don't know that the soul is looking for mountaintop experiences as much as it longs for down to earth, the commonplace. And maybe that's one of the reasons I like going down into that canyon because it almost feels like going down into the earth in a certain way and discovering something there. When you think of places that feed your own soul, where you feel happy and at home, what comes to mind? Anybody want to name a place out loud? Long Lake? Squam Lake. Mosley State Park, yeah, which is just down the road from here. Yeah. Wherever my sister is, Michigan. 
the Battenkill River. That has trout in it. Parker River Refuge. Georgetown, Maine. Walden Pond. Wellfleet? Wellfleet Bay Audubon. You all are good. This is beautiful. Thank you. Anybody else? Patuckaway State Park. Nice. What was that, Grace? Yosemite. Saco River. Ferry Beach. Ipswich River. Ipswich River. Nice. You know, we live in a world that is increasingly complex. And many of us spend a lot of time these days looking at screens and the pixels that they're made of, don't we? So, isn't it, wouldn't it be good for us to, as an antidote to that, to spend more time watching birds at the feeder or lying in the grass, looking up as the clouds float by? There is a balm for our souls that is available. There is solace for our spirits in the world all around us. And you just called the, the names and invoked the places of some of those places that do this for us. We heard this in our reading from David James Duncan, which I love so much I'm going to read it again. Intense spiritual feelings were frequent visitors during my boyhood, but they did not come from church-going or from bargaining with God through prayer. The connection I felt to the Creator came unmediated from creation itself. The spontaneous gratitude I felt for birds and birdsong, tree-covered or snow-capped mountains, rivers and their trout, moon and starlight, Summer winds on wilderness lakes, the same lakes silenced by winter snows, spring's resurrections after autumn's mass deaths, the intimacy, intricacy, and interwovenness of these things. They became the spiritual instructors of my boyhood. In even the smallest suburban wilds, I felt linked to powers and mysteries I could sincerely imagine calling the presence of God. You know what he's talking about, right? You can picture your own holy places, can't you? You've already named a bunch of them. You have felt this mystery and this presence, haven't you? It feels like church to me, these places. David James Duncan might say that I have it backwards because that wasn't his experience of church, and I'm sorry for that. 
And he wants church to feel like what he's experienced in these holy places out in the world. And he hasn't found that yet. The church has fallen short. And he's in good company. But for myself, I'm grateful that I don't have to see it as an either or. I don't have to choose between the two. Because I love it in here. And I need it what we share in here, this sanctuary. And I sense that the two are somehow related, that the mystery and the awe that we point to here, that it isn't that different than from what we find out there, that in those places that are sacred and in this place that I think we find sacred too, we're beholding the same mystery, right? We're opening ourselves to just different expressions of that holiness. Maybe, it's, maybe I love fishing because it takes me to, this, to these kinds of places. Somebody once said, one thing about trout is they do not live in ugly places. And I'm not even sure I like that because are there ugly places? Someone once said, there are no unsacred places. There are just sacred places and places that have been desecrated. But I love and I'm grateful for the fact that fishing gives me a reason. It draws me into these beautiful places. And still, I love the fishing part too. Which I will note is not the same as catching. Perhaps one of the reasons I enjoy going fishing alone is that somehow the catching part seems to recede. I have a couple of fishing buddies who I love spending time with, but they can be a little focused on the catching. And if the catching doesn't go well, they can be not the best company. <laughs> and I think, oh, I should go by myself. It's, maybe I just need to keep reminding them of what Thoreau said that I put at the top of the order of service today. Many go fishing all their lives without knowing that it is not fish they are after. So when you were thinking about these places that are sacred for you this morning, these places that are flowing in your soul, my next question is why? What is it about these places and what is it that you are after when you go there? If you're a gardener, say, is it as simple as growing flowers that you can then cut and put in a vase or growing vegetables that you can harvest and then enjoy eating and even share with your friends and neighbors? Or is there more than that? I suspect there is. Perhaps it's something less tangible, as much as you love those tangible expressions. If you're a golfer, and some of you I know are passionate golfers here, and you love it, is it all about the score? Which I would imagine half the time might be more frustrating than, than 
satisfying. I don't know. But if it's not about that, what is it? It's got to be more than following a ball around a landscape, right? What is it that you're after on the golf course? What I'm really fishing for, I suppose, is an experience, a feeling, a connection. The solace of being alone and at home out in the world. Or the joy of sharing a day out there with someone I love. The thoughts and connections that come unbidden when the only sound is the wind in the trees and the flowing water and perhaps a bird song every now and then. Standing in moving water, getting lost in the rhythm of casting and then watching the fly bouncing along the current, hoping that a trout might rise, this does feel like a ritual to me. It feels like a sacrament. It feels like church. I actually imagined I could bring a little fly rod in here and for the time for all ages do a little casting instruction. But you know what would happen. On the back cast, I would hook a candle and it would fall over and things would go to crap really quickly. <laughs> but out there where those fly rods are supposed to be used, <laughs> it does feel like church to me. It feels sacred. Thomas McGuane writes, the motto of every serious angler is nearer my God to thee. And doesn't that point toward what we are after? A deeper and unmediated experience of the holy. A deeper experience of being alive. And isn't this season of summer just made for these wanderings and for, the, for this quest. In her poem, The Summer Day, Mary Oliver wrote, I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down in the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I hope you do know how to find your holy place and how to be at home in the world. That you do know how to be idle and blessed, which in our fast-moving society is no small thing. Couldn't most of us use some more time practicing this holy quest 
This is just the season for that, for breathing in the warm air, for remembering what it feels like to go barefoot, for taking time to just be at place, at home in any place that you find holy, at home in the world, at home in the world. Amen.